0: Friends Beyond the Binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who, uh, I'm looking at a button right now and the button is an eye of an owl on a quilt that the listener sent me uh, quite a few years ago. And, uh, I say, well, you, this, this owl has a button, two button eyes and a nose made out of, uh, thread. Which I guess is not as catchy as that uh, Snowperson song about Frosty, which actually has nothing to do... It, that's just a point. instant pointless meanders. They come right out of my brain, straight to my mouth. The, the, I don't know if they go through... There's a special part of my brain that has a drain that goes to my mouth. Uh, no filters. Well, there are some because they got to keep it sleepy. So if you're confused, you may be in the right place because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep... Whatever is keeping you awake, uh, whether it's uh, thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about, things on your mind. So, thoughts, thinking stuff, you know. So, thoughts, uh, past, present, future thoughts, uh, thoughts about uh, your feelings, anything you're feeling physically uh, or whatever changes in time, temperature, routine, situations. You're visiting someone, someone's visiting you, you're going somewhere, you know, preparation preparation don't do any preparation in bed there's another one i don't think i've mentioned that one before be, be prepared for bedtime but don't prepare during bedtime uh bedtime prep is best unkept uh unless you're prep you know unless you're preparing during the day for bedtime later uh when scoots talks about preparing for bedtime prepare to be confused uh but what I propose to do is I got the safe place set aside. I can send it to you. You can come by. You can look at it from afar because I'm going to send it across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. And what that means is I'm going to get mixed up. I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get confused. I'm going to repeat myself. I'm going to like talk about something else then I'll forget what I was talking about, then I'll go back and and try to remember, and then I'll forget again, and probably do other stuff, all to to try to take your mind and stuff and keep you company so you could fall asleep. And Now, if you're new, uh, I'm glad you're here, so glad you're here. Welcome. And if you're a regular listener, holy mackerel, thanks for putting me in your ears once again or near your room or across the room or in the other room or under the thing, or within the, you know, within the drawer. I don't know, I wonder what I sound like uh, with, from within a nightstand. Uh, that'll be another one of my autobiographies, from within the nightstand. Joy, joy in the nights, joy inside a nightstand. Uh, it's my collection of uh, me trying to think, collection of me trying to figure out what sonnets are. It's not a collection of sonnets, uh... It's a collection of attempted sonnets, as they told me at the great sonnet institute. of, And they, I said, they said, uh, these aren't sonnets. Uh, and I said, OK, there's attempts at sonnets. And they said, did you take any? T-? And I said, did you get my letter? And they said, no. And I said, oh, OK. Um, well, how about this? I was going to send you a letter, but it would probably be more confusing if I tell you. But I was going to write our uh, sonnet. Here's the thing are sonnets anything like poems? And then I think what they did was they collectively wrote me. They, it was like a 14 hour thing where they made me sit down about their exasperation with me. And after they were done, I tell you what, I felt like cra- crawling into a nightstand. But when I did, metaphorically, and no, not metaphorically, I pretended I crawled in a nightstand, I was filled with some sort of joy. This is the opening of my new novel, uh, Joy Within a Nightstand. It's, an, it's a novel within a sonnet. Also, they said that's impossible. Never tell me what's impossible because I may follow. There it may be occasions when you tell me that that I follow through on things. And I said, I'm pretty sure there's like three or four Kerr novels that were uh, novels within sonnets. Uh, but I said, yeah, it's, it's uh, when I crawled in that nightstand, I found joy It was a joy—it was birthed out of a star named—or it came out of a Big Bang. No, none of that works, but something about spite, but it probably shouldn't. Because joy really can't come from spite. Uh, It it probably can. Yeah, well, we'll, I'll prove it. You know, maybe more time in the nightstand. That's my second one. And they said, you're doing a derivative book about— not a t- sonnet attempts you're making from within a nightstand. And I said, I am now the way, the way you use that tone with me. Of course I can't, of course I can't say no anymore. And then they tried to explain to me that the great sonnet Institute only exists in my imagination. And I said, that must be very frustrating for you then. That's really, I can I really do pity you now. I said, so you're a collection of sonnet experts and fans. He said, I don't know what you did in your other lives to end up in my imagination, but holy cow. So I'll tell you what, when I'm on my knees tonight talking to my HP, I'm going to put extra words in for all of you. I said, I hope you got got a nice place. And they said, uh, it's in your imagination. Just imagine the place we live. And I said, are you saying that hopefully? Because I can make it pretty nice, like uh, bunk beds and nightstands. But, you know, she's super sad. OK, I'll work on it. Oh, sorry about that. That was a super superfluous tangent and a uh, pointless metaphor, or whatever the other thing I use is. I was going to say I'm so glad you're back if you're a regular listener. And I'm glad you're here if you're new. Because this is a podcast to keep you company while you fall asleep. Now, if you're new, a couple things to know. that This show is very different. It's a podcast you don't really listen to. I think you just caught, caught that. You, like, it almost makes sense. Like, if you're attempt, i mean, part of it does make sense. If I was going to attempt to make a sonnet, that would be an, a sonnet attempt. Uh, you see, and then tomorrow at breakfast, hopefully, you say, was what was that podcast you were listening to? Was he trying to reach supersonic speed on a sleep podcast? I thought he said something about sonic attempts. And you say, I don't know. I think he was talking about those—yeah, those gold rings on Sonic the Hedgehog— and something about Somerset, you know, that person, that writer whose name he can't pronounce. Uh, but he could have been talking about sonnets. I don't know. Maybe he was talking about, the like, uh, Sonic, the place you go to get cherry limeade. But I, I slept so good. So this is a podcast you just... It's kind of like background noise, but it's a little bit inane. But you could listen, but you don't have to listen. So that does take some getting used to. So most listeners... Over the thousands and thousands of reviews we've gotten have said, give it two or three tries before you decide if it, you don't like it or you do. Because it usually takes that long to put your skepticism and doubt aside, obviously. I mean, if you don't have doubt and just now, like, uh, you, I mean, you're definitely already a super fan, but most people would have doubts. I mean, if you're saying, I doubt he knows what a sonnet is, you're 100, I'll tell you what, you're 100% right, I have no idea, like, other than, I don't even know if it's poetry. I just know I've seen it on the covers. Of, I was probably supposed to read quite a few in my day, sonnets. I was supposed to read a few, but I did it my way instead, which means a life, uh, a life less lived in that case. But I mean, I do have an entire collection collection of sonnet makers or some experts. Uh, you're right. I should ask them if they make. If there's sonnet, maybe, I don't know if there's the cheat well, let's just not get into it because I got to get through this intro. The sonnets within my brain. I think I would like writing sonnets, so though, from the inside of a giant nightstand. So just kind of barely listen to me at first and see how it goes. I'm also not here to put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep, to be your boyfriend, your bore bay, your bore sib, your bore cuz, your bore bestie, your bore ber, your neighbor. Your friend in the deep dark night to take your mind off stuff so you can fall asleep. I don't really put you to sleep. I distract you and keep you company. And if you can't sleep, I am here to the very end. So don't worry. I'm here to keep you company. So there's all of that. Um, what else do you need to know? Um, oh, the structure of the show, the reason I make the show. So the reason I make the show is because you deserve a good night's sleep. It's that simple. I know how it feels, tossing, turning, trouble getting sleep, trouble staying asleep. I've dealt with all that stuff, uh, so that's important because I know how it feels. That's why I call it the deep, dark night because I know it can feel unfriendly and not great. Probably, I mean, sonnets have been written about the deep, dark night. That's clearly probably probable. Uh, But also, I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you can rest. You deserve a bedtime. You don't have to dread. And if I could help provide that for you, it would be my honor because it means your life will be more manageable. Your life will improve if you're getting the rest you need. And that means the world we live in is a better place. If your world is a better place, our entire world is a better place. That is true. So that's important to me. That's why I make the show twofold. You know how it feels, and you deserve a little bit better bedtime and a little bit more rest. Uh, structure of the show really throws people off totally normal or expected. So let me run through why we have the structure we do. And then as you become a regular listener, you could kind of adjust and see what works for you. But the show starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Then I say something silly. So hopefully you feel welcome and seen. And you say, okay, the show's a little bit lighthearted. So that's what the, 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 the greeting is. Then there's support for the show because I like it to come out twice a week for free. So paying for it is 100% optional. Uh, but it comes out twice a week and then there's support for listeners There's support for communities around the show, because that's also being empowered to take positive action is a part of getting a good night's sleep or will lead to that path. Just like having positive action in your community and having positive caring action for yourself. So that's what the support at the start of the show is about the show being free and supportive. Then there's the intro, which we're almost done. It's about 10 to 12 minutes long to 18 to 20 minutes long sometimes, maybe 24, sometimes 13, sometimes 14. It's a show within a show to introduce the podcast to new listeners, but also to ease everybody who's listening, whether you're new or you've been listening for over a thousand episodes. Uh, Thank you. Uh the, 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 you kind of the, the intros are always new, they're always different. Never talked about sonnets that I know of before. And uh, so that way your brain can't quite adjust. It's always got something new to kind of not fixate on and be distracted by. But the intro also serves as a bridge between being awake and being asleep. It's to ease you into bedtime, a slow wind down. So, the majority of listeners are doing some sort of wind down activity, whether it's getting ready for bed or they're in bed or they're doing some sort of wind down activity. Uh, they're easing into bedtime. There is a small percentage of listeners that are already asleep. Oh, they're so lovely. Hopefully, everybody's asleep in their bed, but you know, maybe you're listening and we're here to keep you company too. Uh, there's 2% of listeners who skip the intro, start the show 20 seconds. There's actually more people that listen to all intro episodes on Patreon than story-only episodes, but it's pretty close. So some people like just listening to the stories. Uh, but for the most part, the intro is there for most listeners to slowly wind down. Then after the intro is... uh Uh, More support for the show, again, so it can come out twice a week for free on any podcast app. And then there's uh, the story. Tonight will be a recap of our season of Spice Friends. So that'll be fun. And then there's thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. And uh, that's what to expect if you're new. If you really loathe the show already, I mean, still, I would say give it two or three tries. I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying it for you. Because really, podcasts don't make anything except on, um, like, all our income is derived from active listeners. So just asking you to listen to an extra episode, it just benefits you if you become a long-term listener, which is just what most people say. They say, first try, I was trying to figure the show out. Second one, I was waiting for it to get started. The third one, I realized it was never going never going anywhere. And then I fell asleep. But if you dislike the show for sure already, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you has other, um, other things you can try out, uh, like other uh, sleep podcasts and stuff like that. So check that out. But I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate your time. I really work hard. You're in a nice drive, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we're able to do this for you free twice a week. All right, buddy, Scoots here. This is episode uh, 13 of Spice Friends. This is where we kind of look back at the episode and the ideas for it and maybe what's coming up next. Also, a little behind the scenes. Um, yeah, I recorded uh, 25 minutes of this already, but it wasn't right in hit record, which hasn't happened in a while. Uh, the good news is, is that we well, haven't watched the video yet, but I provided a video. I was doing an interview somewhere uh, for Bloomberg for Henry and uh, who's a listener, which is cool. And uh, I provided the video to Henry. So once it's released, then I'll release it on our um, Patreon and our Midnight Mission newsletter. Uh, so you can watch that for free sleep with me podcast.com slash midnight mission and you'll see the moment I look down and realize it's not recording and I may even have to delete it I have no idea what I said I know it was very unhappy and that was just because I was out of my normal process and but watch that if you like it uh, if it would encourage you to support the show on patreon which is a huge thing or to support our uh, uh, building hygiene kits for people experiencing homelessness. Uh, let me know, like, uh, by taking action, become a patron. Let me know you want more of that. Uh, and I could record, occasionally record uh, intros or, or stuff like that. I can't record every recording just because it's, again, you see, you'll see, you see what happened. Uh, too many moving parts. Also, I don't want to take away from any of the magic. So we're talking about Spice Friends episode 13, where it came from, how it came to be, what was it like, uh, what did I think of the series, how did it turn out, all those things. And uh, so it's interesting because this one really formed a lot different than other Sleep With Me uh, series. Uh, in that, not like it, well, some things that became, I guess, an amalgamation is the right way to describe it, of different ideas I've had over the past uh, whew, 12 years, so pre-sobriety, pre-podcast even, uh, so these ideas, and I can picture where I was like different times thinking about some of these original ideas that ended up becoming parts of Spice Friends, so let's talk about that, and we'll talk about the characters. So Genesis, or the logline, I don't know what the logline is. Spice Friends is a mashup of uh, something like Care Bears, uh, uh, what's it, My Little Pony, Smurfs, and uh, uh, the, like, the famous uh, well, Godzilla movies, which have been a huge influence in my life. And that's what got us there when I just said to myself, what if uh, there was a world where, a world like the world of Godzilla movies, and there was a world with uh, whatever, Care Bears, My Little Pony. Like, what if the, those worlds, that was one world? That to me is where then I said, okay, yes. But it took a lot to get to that uh, to, to that, what if? And there's kind of three pools of what ifs, and I'll go. Let's start with HBO. Let's start with HBO Max uh, and Godzilla movies as a general thing. And so that was one idea. It was uh, I've always loved Godzilla movies. I used to watch them on WPIX as a kid, and they are an influence of uh, Space Friends, and a Space Friends is a parody uh, of uh. Uh, it's not a direct, uh, it's not related to it in any other way other than influence and, uh, satire parody. So when I was a kid, I used to watch WPX would have Godzilla movies, sometimes as marathons and sometimes just on an afternoon, just like afternoon s- serial. WPX was a New York super station. they called them. Uh, this is pre WB and pre UPN. Um, which none of this, a lot of this isn't going to make sense to those of you younger in the audience, but, uh, so whatever. Godzilla movies had a big place in my life. Now, once we entered the streaming era or even the DVD era, I don't know what it was like on Netflix when you would order the DVDs. I never thought to say DVDs and I know the Criterion collection had a Godzilla collection. But at some point when HBO Max became one of tri- was trying to go, f- during the pandemic, I think, become one of the main streaming services, one of their big gets, in my opinion, was a majority, at least, of the Godzilla collection, especially the early era films. And so that was a, w- one of my things, like, especially I work a lot on Sunday, like for, on the podcast, like Sunday is one of my biggest work days of the po- on the podcast. And I've thought about changing that, getting a life, you know, you know, those kind of things. But the reality is that on Sunday, um, my daughter's with her mom, and there's not a lot of email coming in or people that need to have a Zoom meeting or a phone call for, for the podcast. And so that means the day has a different rhythm to it. And there's something just about that it's a Sunday like I, I feel a little bit more relaxed uh, so it's just like a, it's a le- somewhat le- it's well it's not leisurely but it's like a, it's a different kind of feel to the work day and something i would never do weirdly enough I'm, i don't work from home every day anymore but um when i used to work from home every single day i wouldn't do it during the week but on sunday i will usually watch a play a godzilla movie in the background once hbo max had them while I was doing other work, mostly prepping release stuff, because there's a lot that goes into getting an episode ready to come out on Sunday that I do normally on Sunday. There's a lot of uh, of work that's got to go into the last stages of the podcast. And it always ends up, it's like day of kind of stuff. And if it's not day of, sometimes then... I don't know, it, like, it it, it, does, it doesn't want to be, I don't want it to be a part of my process. It's not like I'm going up to last minute, but the times I get everything ready, I still need to double-check everything sun, at some point on Sunday to make sure everything's coming out the way it's supposed to and everything, all the stuff is correct. Uh, because the reality is some people say, well, you're high, Sandra says it's a, like, a, there's a lot of commitments to be able, for the podcast to exist. uh and be sustainable and partners were accountable for. And so making sure everything's in. Well, Sleeping Me listeners, the majority of them have very high standards. So double-checking everything before it's released uh, is an important part of it. But there's a lot that leads up to it. But it's like work – it's not rote work, but it is like – it's different than writing or something where I can kind of just be playing a Godzilla movie in the background. So I started doing that, and I, just, I said, oh, I forgot how much I loved There was a lot of Godzilla movies I hadn't seen, and I was struck by, uh, and I don't know the eras. I'm not a Godzilla historian, but just the early eras of the films, uh, how bonkers some of them are, and in a good way, in my opinion, in a good way. And how many plots, there's, like, a lot of times there's a love story plot, there's an espionage plot, there's, like, some other group that has resentment with Earth plots. Uh, Usually those, like, have, like, those, they have interesting belief systems, and it really is interesting, like, and it's fun to watch. Uh, And, I I don't know, I really enjoy it. Uh, And you learn a lot about storytelling, and going for it uh, and sometimes there's kids and and uh and i don't know like so i just really love uh godzilla movies and, and and so i was watching them for pleasure mostly i mean maybe it's research to be like could i ever do something with giant kaiju uh, but mostly it was just for fun but you know the question was already in my mind and so I was watching, those working on the podcast. So that's one part. Uh, the second part was over the history. I don't know what year it was ahead had even an intro about it. But I did have this idea of the Spice Friends, which is not what, what it ended up looking like. But I think it came from an intro where, I, you know, I talked about being a Spice Girl. That would be Cinnamon Spice. And, you know, like differently, like, like it's like, oh, could I do something like that? So, again, it was another idea. Could we do something that's like... Uh, The Care Bears or uh, My Little Pony or something like that. Uh, The Smurfs would have been an earlier version. Because those are all like uh, Huggy Bear or what I don't know what the name's like. like, I don't know. I think there's like a Rainbow Irish Bear for the Care Bears. I don't know what that does. You know, but there's like Rainy Day Bear or I don't know. I don't know any of those. (laughs) Actually, I don't know anything. I mean, I watched some Care Bears, some of the newer ones, but it seemed like they were existing. Those ones that I watched were very similar to Smurfs in the sense of, like, okay, so you have these bears, and they have different antagonists. And each episode is somewhat of a procedural, like, working against, you know, whatever, something's going on, and the problem's got to be fixed. Or something like, a, somebody's planning a birthday party for a fufu bear. And then um, ZZ Bear realizes that uh, it's a two-page in, in, in invitation, but ZZ Bear only saw one page in the invitation and didn't think they were invited because it was an alphabetized invitation. So then ZZ Bear goes, whatever, and then the, the antagonist, and something happens. And, uh, but it all works out in the end. And now, in the, in the one I was watching, there was never human beings involved. But for me I was like, oh, would the Spice Friends be helping the humans? Would it be then I was like, I don't want to do Spice Girls because that already is a thing. So I don't know, I was like, huh, okay, well uh I don't know if that would work. And it just seemed too straightforward. Like it's like, oh we just do our own version of that? That's basically I don't know if that has enough juice for me to work on it. Like, just doing a reboot of uh, or reimagining of something that already exists kind of feels flat to me. Too flat to put people to sleep, or too flat to put in all all the work it takes to make 12 episodes, which is a tremendous amount of, uh, it's just a tremendous amount of stuff uh, to make 12 episodes, or even 10 or even eight. Uh, so I said, okay, well, I like that idea, Spice Friends. That's kind of catchy. There's a lot of spices. Um, and yeah, like, uh, and then I kept realizing that a lot of them, they exist in their own, like the Smurfs lived in the Smurfs world. I thought the Care Bears originally were supposed to come to Earth and help kids. But in the new, like I said, in the new Care Bears, they didn't. I can't remember Gummy Bears was another one on Disney Channel or something, but I don't remember if they helped. I think there was a direct copy of Smurfs, which is smaller cast. And other than being called Derpy, I don't really know anything in saying, oh, that's majority, that's my type. Like, even though people call me Derp, like I said, the Derpy's my type. Uh, like, that's all I know about uh, My Little Pony, really. And so that's the limits of my knowledge is... Uh, so I said, okay, but I could do more research. Like I said, I watched some Care Bears. I think that was already... Maybe that was when I was like, okay, so we're making Lady Witch Red. I still didn't know what we are going to make next. And I'd had one or two other ideas. um, And I think I had one other one that I forgot. But I, I said, okay, well, none of those ideas are quite gelled yet. The other idea I had it again was too, I still don't have a way to make it where it's like okay i don't I'm just not feeling it. it's not a sleep with me thing it's a different story it's not a sleep with me story and i do prefer the rhythm of a uh, second or third season new uh, new series second or third season that's just a rhythm i like working with because it keeps creating new material which is fun And then we get to return to a series where, you know, I have a relationship with the characters. Like the first season is kind of character, me getting to know the characters and their worlds and stuff like that. So whatever, I had that idea. So there's two things that this was closer to the release. So when I'm still writing Lady Witchbeard, those two things are happening in my mind in some place. But I don't have a development time because I'm working at like all my times used by the podcast. So... Those are just ideas that I have written down. Okay, I don't know what to do, but we got to, okay. And it's also about trusting the process, which is never easy. I talk about it in these episodes, that something will come together and we'll get it done. Now, this third element of Spice Friends, which I would have had no idea sitting here in April of 2022 where we are, uh, that like like the pop culture part of it would have become uh, it just it just in, in disbelief and when you hear the history of it you'll be in disbelief I I think too and it wasn't just one thing in 2022 that happened in in March or April but it was like uh, different things uh, over the past uh, including a number one hit uh, uh, Meet Me at the Spot or whatever which I, that song I love. And I think there's another hit right now, or I know there is, but so, okay, what was I saying? So, um, okay, so at some point well before Sleep With Me, again, I was a lover of Godzilla movies. I was a frustrated, scre- like I was trying to write screenplays to break in trying to write YouTube stuff to break in, whatever that means. Like, I don't even live in Hollywood. I I didn't even, you know, it was like more of like a a hobby and wanting to make stuff. And I was trying, but I also had an alcohol problem or drinking problem, whatever you want to call it. And so I don't know how, like it was somewhat delusional, but at least I was trying. And this is over whatever in my 30s. I don't know. And... One of the ideas I had in my, like, back then was, uh, and this was before, I don't know, at some point I can remember pitching one guy and the idea to draw it for me, and he was not, or, like, just didn't work out. But I had this idea, and I was going to write, write it, and then I was like, I'm just going to write it and release it, and I'm going to try to release it as, like, a free comic, because uh, I knew it was, like, based on... IP I didn't own and like from a company that really goes after people. But I had this idea uh, that I called President Will Smith versus Godzilla, uh, which I'm just saying is an idea. I'm not saying it's uh, anything to do with anything else. Uh, and the basic concept was that uh, like the original concept, which was different than what happened on Spice Friends, but not that different. And this, so this is like uh at least 10 to 12 years ago, probably maybe even 15 years ago. Probably at 15, I don't even know. But so I said, okay, so there's a world where Will Smith is president of the United States. Uh, I think even now you'd say, okay, I could believe it. Maybe now you'd say, I don't know, even like you say, okay. But 15 years ago, you'd say, okay, I'm with that. Like uh, seen him make speeches in uh, those, those movies. You say that was a Bill Pullman. And I said, well, it should have been Will Smith. Then, no offense, Bill Pullman, uh, but uh, love you lots. But um, so I said, okay. So there's a world where President Will Smith, the, the, the actor, and Will Smith is playing a role where Will Smith, the, the actor, is president of the United States. So a little bit meta there. Now, in the in Spice Friends, uh, Willow Smith is his is is. Uh, is, um, vice president in the book, or I mean, original idea, it was, she was not, she was actually like, uh, an elite Marine. And, uh, so, so just, just like, uh, cause she was part of the B plot in the comic book, uh, and, um, but she still had a role, but so like, uh, basically the idea, which kind of played out, uh, but the comic was, the the main points of the comic were, Will Smith was president of the United States. We'd had a time without Godzilla. Then Godzilla appeared. Again, I'm just telling a story, like, this is not a, like a, I could always edit out, then say a big lizard, big, big forest friend that was famous uh, returned to the world or became out of, you know, whatever. I mean, just like in the other movies now, they live on an island. I don't know. There's some sort of, like, it's a portal to another world, whatever it is. Godzilla comes out, or the big big kaiju, and comes to the United States. Now, they already had a fail-safe plan in place. And unfortunately for President Smith, like, uh, the kaiju lands in California, comes up on California, and Will Smith's asked to make, President Smith's asked to make a split second de- decision, which kind of similar to Spice Friends means that uh, in order to save the rest of the United States, which is his role as president, or the majority of the United States and the world, he has to enact this plan, which, I mean, the Sleep With Me podcast, like like uh, separates California from, from uh, and, and sends it off with ideally with the Kaiju into you know into the big farm now it the the part like the underlying thing was that uh, you know like only Willow who was stationed somewhere being a marine everybody else was in California so President Smith's having to make this decision that has emotional stakes and so he has to make this decision. Uh, which is never—you know, no one would want to make whatever, but, uh, he, he, you know, he has to. So, But it also becomes like a fuel for the story because now it's personal, right? Uh, and, of course, it doesn't work. I mean, part of it works, unfortunately, but Godzilla or the kaiju returns, you know, later in the comic book. And um, then, of course, the, what happens is—and, of course, that's the only reason it wouldn't make any sense anyway— Because, you see, you're president of the United States, you can't possibly do this. But they say, well, who else would? It's that uh, there's some sort of, you know, whatever, ray or serum that allows President Smith to turn into a giant kaiju. And in the movie, it would just be straight up one-on-one, and President Smith would win, but no longer be a human being. And probably go to Big Farm anyway. But, you know, would be saving the world. And then the B-plot was more, like, while this is all happening, there's also a belief system based on the Kaiju that's trying to take over stuff. So that's where Willow would be, you know, is, like, uh, trying to take over the— like, I wanted something, like, uh, where they are trying to take over the White House. I don't know. Like, Willow would have been in, like, an action role, uh, like— so, the, the, that was the idea. Like, it was just going to be a comic book for fun, and that I was going to put out for free. But I couldn't get, like, a, it, I didn't have the capacity, emotional capacity to follow through on things or find a collaborator at the time. So, that was an idea I just had, and I'd been, like, in the back of my mind every once in a while, I'd think about it again. I'd say, that's pretty cool. And again, pre-2022, you'd say, huh, I, I could see that, like... uh I don't know. At least I can, and I say I would. I think I would go to that movie. Like if it was done the right way. I mean, you say there's the, that's going to be tough, uh, but I say yeah, it would be tough. But I mean, I still think one of my peak of last uh, four or five years, like I was in a movie theater watching Mission Impossible, whatever. And Tom Cruise is running in London or something at top speed for, like, whatever, 15 minutes, uh, sprinting. In the movie theater I was in, it, like, people, like, including me, were standing, cheering, like, we were laughing and cheering and loving it. Like, it was just one of those movie experiences that was, like, uh, where you were giving, like, your suspension of your disbelief was full and you were immersed in the joy of, uh, like, Tom Cruise running, I don't know if anybody had that experience. I don't even know which one. I mean, that was the one with, um, Henry, K., you know, Henry, uh, whatever, the Superman guy. And I don't know. I mean, if you saw it, like, I don't know if you read, like, and I was, I was at a, it was fairly packed. Uh, and I think it was like a matinee on a weekday, but I'd say w- Will Smith as a kaiju against that could be if in the right hands, uh, it could be possible. So, so I don't know. So, that was, so those are the three ideas that ended up becoming Spice Friends. And what happened was, like, the what-ifs just happened to overlap. I said, okay, what if the Spice Friends, no, not enough there. And then I started, I kept watching these Godzilla movies. I said, well, could this be a No, how would that be asleep with me? And, and let's we'll see how it could ever work. And then at one point I said, "What if the Care Bears were giant, like, uh, and they were the ones going against uh, the Kaiju?" And I then I she said, "Those could be the Spice Friends." And I said, "Okay, I think I like that idea. I think that it could be you say that's going to be a Sleep with Me idea." And I say, "Yeah, that that I can see a Sleep with Me episode." So then it was about brainstorming. Okay, what if... Uh, so I said, okay, let's do it. I, I can see that Spice Friends. Now, originally, I didn't know what it was going to be called because I knew we couldn't use the word... I knew we couldn't... Like, a lot of the words are... Own, like, those. some of those names are owned by companies. But the concept isn't of giant beings roaming the Earth. Uh, so I said, okay, so... And then I, then I said, okay, it was Spice Friends, and how do we get in? What's our end point, right? And I said, okay, well, that and that's where the comic book kind of helped me because he said, well, when do we get into this story? When do we join it? When do the Spice Friends join it? And that was like watching the Godzilla movies and realizing that uh, yeah, there's like a lot of other plots and none of them are super complex usually. And I don't think this is ended up following an ordinary Godzilla plot. And I think originally I thought it would be a procedural. Like, so I thought each episode would be a procedural where it's like, okay, we have a spice friend. We have a kaiju. And the procedural is like finding the spice. Like I thought that, but you can already hear my pausing and say, wait a second. uh, Where's the procedural? You have two beings, but what's the procedure? Who's going to win? What are the stakes? So, um, that was one challenge that came up later. I guess I'm getting ahead of myself, but it was like, okay, what is the end of this story? Where are we starting? Why are we starting there? And that's where I kind of got to the point where I said, okay, well, what if we start... So, we could start at a... Okay, we got this. Okay, so... Maybe right after, uh, like, because uh, the, they had the comic book idea, I said, OK, I like that leadership. Now, this is, again, like uh where it was still like, like a non-challenging idea that President Smith and Vice President Smith uh, would be r- running the country or they would have ha- had recently been running the country like that was the idea that I'd say 94% of americans could be like i'm down count me in they got my vote so i said okay but it probably would be afterwards and that gave us like very similar to the comic book i say okay now uh, vice president's vice president smith and now president of the world smith sh- she would have personal personal stakes which would also be confusing like she would have a she has a need to heal and her her lack of healing is going to get in the way of her decision making but it also makes her a character i want to get to know she's obviously capable she's president she was vice president then president now president of the world she's had this experience she's a daughter i have a daughter so i don't know that made me interested in her and She's been through a lot. Uh, she, she's she's lived through this new era of Kaiju. So I said, okay, and she's a leader we need, I, I think. Uh, and I think with these stories, for me, I don't know, I pre- prefer, I guess, like, I fall into the— I don't need a perfect leader. I need a capable—I like to have a capable leader, like a Picard, a Riker, Janeway— a uh, shell strop, uh, w- whatever it is, like, uh, like that's. I say, okay, that's. I want a capable leader. Uh, you know, don't give me what's believable. Give me what's relatable or whatever. I don't know what they say. I say, that's someone I can relate to. I haven't been through what she's been through, but uh, I can relate to that. Uh, and I said, okay, and that's a good starting point because we already have, like, our and our world's already dealt with it. And then one of the things I liked about the Godzilla movies was that there was always this outside influence or inside the Earth or Atlantis. And I wanted to sleep with me, but I think sometimes in the movies, you can't tell if they're an antagonist, they're good or like what their intentions are. And I felt like that added a layer for me of suspense, but conflict that could be explored through the season, but also of like capability um, like how would we be, you know, on earth here, be capable of dealing with this, uh, and I don't know, like otherworldliness, And also it just helps make it like, uh, I don't know, just fit with like where I needed the story to be. Okay. So we're living in a world where it's calm now, but there's a ticking clock. And I said, okay, so that's kind of where some of the ideas came from. I think when I was trying to figure out how do we get into the story in a way like, where we're joining it, the story's starting at the right time for us to join the story. You know, the story's been going on, but we're going into the story at the right time. And I said, okay, when the clock's about to run out. And then I also like, I don't know, just for me, these are just elements of stories I like. Uh, and that makes it easier for me to tell. I say, okay, so they're waiting. We have a capable we- leader waiting. She does not have all the information she needs. Uh, in fact, she do, has very little. She also has expectations which I would say are uh, relatable and realistic in a sense or understandable expectations, Uh, then answers coming from this other world that we're working with uh, to put a stop to the kaiju. And then you have a figure coming in um, with the answer. And, And, of course, you're saying, okay, is it a serum? Is it a ray? Those are what you would expect from the movies. And that's where it fit in with—so that's all very kaiju story-based. That's And this is where we go back to what makes a Sleep With Me story or what makes a story sustainable for me to tell is to have a turn. And for Sleep With Me stories, it's a turn into the story swamp and a bit of a morass. you know, so you want more ass? Uh, you got it. That You're in the right place. Yeah. Uh, we got more more ass for you here at Sleep With Me, M- more ass, whatever you say, wherever you say it. And I said, okay, so it could turn in the story swamp there because it would be too easy if someone came back and they said, okay, just take a cinnamon stick, put it in the serum, problem solved. Uh, that's not even how Godzilla movies work, which is frustrating in the modern era for people. Or at least when I've seen the movies, even for me, say, well, what, when like what Godzilla didn't even start getting the movie till like forty-five minutes in there, and I didn't even realize it till I had to do it myself, how that that doesn't work. Uh, you can't have uh, like you can't have two hours of a giant being running around. It just gets uh, it's just not. Uh, I don't think you can and and have it be entertaining or sleepy. Because I don't know what episode that was two three or four where I said, well, holy cow, so I'll get into that maybe, but so so you have a capable leader she's waiting for this astronaut to return the astronaut and the planet have set set up a lot of stuff that didn't make a lot of sense um but of course you're gonna go with it uh so they have all this children's programming, and I don't know, I just like this in a sense of like it's um. What's the word like a uh, countercultural, or I don't know, there's another word for it. Uh, but that the idea of like uh, saving the world by through children's programming, cre- like uh, that. And uh, I don't know if we were able to fully deliver on this concept because the story just went like it, it was, it, it would just became a matter of if those two characters were too powerful that they kind of took over the story. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. But the, the story just ended up going with them, which happens a lot with these twofers. uh And I didn't want to make it so—I don't know, because of, of all the things, this is wild to say, but it was like a very grounded story in those two characters. So as surreal as the, some of the stuff that happened was, it had to have an element of groundedness where something else, or I don't know, that's just where I'm I'm trying to d- detach in the next series from that limitation and move into, you know, stay in a surreal place uh, where anything can happen. But for, for as wild as, as Spice Friends was, like, there was a lot of uh, underlying rules, which may or may, may not be apparent, understandably, But so they're waiting for this savior-type figure to come with all the answers. Also, I was able to pay off how I wanted to pay it off later with the astronaut's backstory. I don't think I even knew that at the time. But so the astronaut arrives and says, oh, yeah, here's how we fix it, is uh, through children's programming, teaching children to express themselves through the joy of song and dance. Uh, And they say, what do you mean? I do want to jump to the underlying historical significance of these kaiju and their significance in the story was that they appeared and people thought their appearance related to fission or fusion used in an offensive way. But really, I mean, if the, the, their, their myths, uh, and in Spice Friends was that no, 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 it's tied to the emotions of that, not the history or the existence of fission or fusion used in an offensive way, but our deep, deep, deep-seated feelings about that because I was, that's just my generation. Whatever, like uh, I grew up in, or you know, I was like, uh, I guess, it might, like, no, no, I grew up in the 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 in eighties and nineties, right? And, uh, you know, as things went from the Soviet Union to the Soviet Republic, like uh, where, like during the Cold War, where they said, oh, boy, this is how much stuff we all have. Uh, and so, like, that's something you deeply repress or you just you use cognitive dissonance to escape from and say, oh, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, but there's got to be, I mean, come on, we're not going to, you know, Freud, we don't need Freud or Jung over here to say, OK, there's got to be some cost to that uh and maybe it's costs we all share, but in Spice Friends, the cost is that uh, these beings exist; They're manifestation, or uh, they feed on our feelings about that. Like you can't hide; it can't hide from those feelings in the in the story. And like also that there's a obscure idea of manifestation, but it's not that different than portaling, right? Because the, or Whatever is is like I think uh, in one movie it's like, oh no, they come from a, they come through a whole like a portal at the bottom of the sea, so again it was like um I don't know the idea that uh they already exist or, or something I, I don't know, but but I think like that made it less a capable leader' it's just a no your manifestation theory that's made up, it doesn't even make any sense And the national so somehow I'm trying to explain it. Uh, But then that it works, but it only works like, I mean, the real trick is that it only works if you're in the process of expressing true feelings, because that's what makes the kaiju appear, is when you're in the process of repressing true feelings. So it's just a flip side of the coin. If you're expressing your real feelings through the process of song and dance, you could get the Spice Friends to come. But it's just such an easy thing to forget. I mean, and again, a lot of this just is is about me, you know, like uh, I can only write from where I am. So it's just ideas that I'm thinking about or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, so it's a process. uh, But it's a process I'm going to forget about tomorrow. And then then I'll reluctantly be like, you got to be kidding me. I got to do this again to express myself or get in touch with my feelings or journal or meditate. Like, I don't want to. That's annoying. And so, so I guess like each episode, instead of being a procedural, was almost like a, every episode was like some aspect of uh, someone or some process getting in the way of the process or a need for the results most of the time. Like a need for results getting in the way of that. This is a process-based thing. If you want the spice friends, you can't just get the spice friends. And then also all these unintended consequences and all these. Uh, collisions of humanity or later on the zip, Ziparians uh, just being natural, real, like, just well, how do we behave? Like, uh, again, another process-based thing, imperfectly. And so a lot of story complications just came from, like, people being people or leaders being leaders or these things that keep recor- occurring throughout history. And I think that was be- able to be fun because otherwise, like, the problem with a capable leader in is that if she becomes more and more capable. And then as she developed a kind of working relationship with the astronaut, was that, like, then the story becomes too boring again. If she becomes, if each episode she became more and more capable, like, she would have had stuff solved by episode four or five. Oh, and that goes into the kind of thing of, like, the procedural. So I, I like, had a procedural one. I don't know which episode it was. Maybe it was a Cinnamon Spice one where I was like, okay, I thought the Cinnamon Spice dance-off would take, like, somewhere between 12 and 22 minutes. And so in the writing, I had that much set aside for it uh, or and not written. So whatever, I had, like, 22 minutes. Now, yeah, I had 22 minutes written and then another eight minutes after, which is 30 minutes, and I need 50 to 60 recorded to get what I need for the episode, not counting the intro. This is just the episode portion. So I said, uh, so when I got into that dance-off part, it took literally three minutes, uh, even with different things happening, at least in my mind. I don't know how long it took on tape, but I said, okay, this is a big, big mess because uh, I still need another 19 more minutes that I don't have written. So I think I, you know, whatever, luckily the characters were strong. So I was able to figure out, uh, I don't even remember what happened there, but, uh, so I don't know. So that was another thing with the procedural. I said, okay, well, the procedure can't just be every episode. We, that's what I thought once I was working initially. I said, okay, each episode will just be what Spice Friend, what emotion. I had like the wheels of emotion. What emotion? Cause that would be very procedural, like Care Bears, uh. Oh, here's the problem. It's caused by this either ignoring this feeling or not enough of this feeling. But one, two, three. And then we find this feeling or we strengthen this feeling or face this feeling or express it. And then the spice friend solves the big one. Problem is, that's like too efficient. That might be good for like an 18 or 12 minute uh, Care Bears episode if there's two for an hour, you know, or whatever, 11 minutes. 11 minutes that works plus they have like a minute and a half to start and finish so 19 minutes that makes sense for a care bearer but it's not going to work for a 50 minute sleep in the episode and like efficient stuff and capable leaders like uh, make for less meanders because if it's a perfect leader then they're just going to make the perfect decision or if it's like a capable leader in, in controlled circumstances without chaos, then she's going to make a decision. She knows how it's going to turn out. Or she knows she can focus on the process and then it'll turn out. But again, I think like a lot of what I wanted to relate to with President, or President yeah, for President of the World Smith was that uh, if she's still experiencing her feelings from earlier and her father and these big beings. And also, like, uh, uh, like uh, not just the hard feelings, but also, like, her own self-image of her father's heroism, that could be very enticing for a lot of people to be like, well, I want to, I need to live up to that image, or I want to, because it, it makes me feel something inside. And it, maybe that's what my purpose is, is to, to kind of do the same thing my father did. And one day I'll have that opportunity, and then I'll, you know, that's will complete my my journey here. I mean, because at least for me, these are the kind of, I mean, not the exact same things I get caught up in, but delusion is a way of living my life. I mean, it's just a part of my normal existence. Cognitive dissonance, delusion, forgetting, you know, getting you know, all those things. Like, if it was just as easy as express, well, I guess I would never expressing my feelings for the joy of song and dance but i thought that it would be that easy for the season and at least initially i wanted the, an astronaut i don't know i liked also the conflict it's like this is never going to work uh, this idea is ridiculous but at the same time it's one of the only ideas we have uh, we need this to work now and then there was also the thing of like uh, toning down stuff uh, but as still having the kaiju have all the powers they have, but a lot of times causing – giving the – um, relating the stakes more to the actions of human beings or Ziparians uh, versus the, the big ones. Uh, but also saying, like, well, what would we do? What would it be like in a world where these big ones run around? If it was a real world, not a fictional world. I don't know as as, un, as fictional as my worlds are. I I say, what would it be like if it was it happened today, here, and then ten years from now we still had them? What would our world be like? Uh, really, not not in idealized fiction. I say, huh? That's interesting. I don't know. At least that's interesting to me. So then I was like, okay, I don't know. So then I just got to like. So then it, things just kept turning. Away, but then st- Some stuff became obvious, right? Like that. Uh, a lot of times, especially in sleep with me stories, the capable leaders leadership is rejected because they're asking us to set aside something, and we don't want to set aside. It. Like, like uh, at least that. And that's my, my my experience with my own life. Or we have our other underlying values or stuff. Is you know. See, no, 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 that's, I'm not into that. I don't want to take on that, uh, I'd prefer to, you know, I'd prefer to have, like, a soda and go to bed. Um, so, yeah, so that stuff was going on. And then, yeah, it kind of just went from there. Wasn't it wasn't what I expected, but it ended up more and more that, uh, the president and Astro, they kind of took the show that, uh, it never really settled on, um, the self, uh, awareness and intelligence of the spice friends or the kaiju until later that it was like, uh, that maybe it was just like a, a, like that they were self-aware and they did have consciousness. It's just like impossible for them to communicate with us because we, you know, I don't know that there was also that barrier. And then zipper was really like, uh, Something taken from those some of those movies that I saw. It's like okay, here's this other world. They're totally different than us, uh, but at the same time, they have feelings. Uh, but they also have stakes, uh, and they have stakes dealing with the kaiju. And then yeah, did their idea of like being like Earth focused uh, kind of answered some questions that I kind of felt like were some gaps in the story. Maybe there was a little bit of the dome, the sl- like end of the movie. I didn't see the TV miniseries, but the book, the dome, uh, in there, um, but a little bit different because I think those felt like teenagers in the dome, and um, I don't know. Like I just, I, I, I was curious about zip zipper, but I didn't fully. Um, like it was that wasn't a main character in the story. It was a main device in influence. But like I wanted the zipper to be just uh, otherworldly enough to not be totally relatable or understandable. And then finally, we headed towards the finish line, where it's like, okay, I knew for the finish line, I wanted a third world where the Spice Friends would exist and the big ones but that they would come to Earth. I don't know if I'm spoiling that, but, like, if there was other series that then, it, like, explains the Care Bears or the Smurfs and My Little Pony. Like, that was, like, if I just did the Spice Friends now, it would make sense. Because, like, where the heck are they coming from? Like, why would they come to Earth? But then I was like, oh, wait a second. Like, where the story ended up, like, with about emotions and feelings, that's where the pen pal idea came in. And the clouded delusion kind of like, it's like, okay, this is like uh, taking place in a sleep with me world, probably earlier timeline of the same world, like a lot of the sleep with me, like it's like a version of our world. Like, uh, And I said, okay, yeah, that all fits, uh, but I wanted them to have their own world, uh, but I still want them to be a part of our world, I don't know. And then I wanted stuff to work out for zipper, but I definitely wanted like, and maybe it got repetitive. I'm not sure. But like when you're process-based and you're looking for results, it it can be repetitive of like, okay, we can't work together. I definitely wanted the idea that like we could have solved things, but there's no way we're going to compromise. And I I relate to it. I I don't think I'm not being judgmental about earth, but it's like, we're not going to give up this sacrifice for another planet. Like, uh, like, if, if some other planet was like, uh, hey, we'll work stuff out with you if you never eat oatmeal again, your whole world. You got to ne- stop growing it, stop eating it, no more oatmeal for Earth, uh, and w- that's our compromise with you. And then we we'll, won't build a freeway through Earth or whatever. Like, Earth would be—I mean, I think I would probably agree. I'd be like, no way. Like, work out another solution, then. And they'd be like, no, 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 that's the only solution. All, every, every earthling has to agree to never eat oatmeal, never store it, whatever, thirst for it. Be like, well, that's impo- you're asking something impossible. You don't, must not know earthlings then. Because we might do it, but we're never going to forget about it. So at some point, we're going to find a way to get, get you back for making us give up oatmeal. And I mean, a reasonable person might say, it's just oatmeal. You see, for you, but for me, it's symbolic of uh, us giving up too much to this planet. That uh, Why do you got to build a freeway here anyway? Why don't you leave us in our oatmeal alone? And so that's kind of like one of the cruxes of us trying to work stuff out with Zipper. I mean, it was a little bit less—they uh, n- needed us in, in an unhealthy way. But they also had more power than we had— and we were having trouble listening to the president and uh, Astro. But I think it was, like, the cool thing was when you get, like, when there's that many weird stuff, like, there's that many rules, like, if I give up too many rules and uh, get away from the um, procedural, like, find all these inefficiencies, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm good at is finding inefficiencies in storytelling. Then the inefficiencies and... The relatability, like I can focus on that stuff and it creates more problems for me to solve, which creates more meanders, uh, which creates uh, a better bedtime story. I don't know. I mean, I feel like my fee- the feedback I got, and uh, I mean, other than a couple people that uh, were too focused on the Kaiju, was that this was a, I mean, because basically it was a story about these two people trying to work together in leadership roles and solve stuff. And, I mean, a couple of episodes are about their own personal journeys, too. I don't know. I I don't know. I had fun. And I really appreciate being able to tell these kind of stories. I'm looking forward to the next series we're going to do, which will be a return, um, a season three, um, that I've been working on for a little while. And, yeah, that's it. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And uh, good night.